All right. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to see everybody. Good morning. It's been a um, it's been a good morning. I don't know if you've had a good morning. If you haven't, I'm sorry. Jesus is Lord. Yeah. If you have, Jesus yeah. is Lord. Uh-huh. You know, it's a uh, it's been good. I do want to say uh, birthday this week. Happy birthday, Teresa. Yes. So. The Wells family, much like the Tando family, has a lot of birthdays in the same month, so we'll have more well, Wells birthdays here. We'll be celebrating soon, but happy birthday to you. You're amazing. I love you for all of the ways you serve the church and have for years. You're incredible. And Fiery, T has a, a, a Viking spirit, for sure, if you know her. It's true. Um... Why don't we uh, go ahead and turn over to the book of Matthew. We're going to, first verses in Matthew 5. You know, I said that we're talking about the month of June being unified. And, and in being unified, it's, it's unified in purpose and, and drive and vision and where we're going and what we're doing. And obviously, our, our hearts and our goals to, are to be transformed to be like Christ. We are unified to... Get the church self-supported here, right? That's one of the ways we want to do that. That's part of what Special Missions is about. Is, is At this point, we're still a missions church. Getting us to the point where we're no longer just a missions church. Well, we'll always be a mission church. Amen? Because we'll always be on the mission field. Regardless of supported or not. I mean, we are, we're going in that direction. But we want to get there. But ultimately, what we want is to be Christ in our modern day. To be Christ's body and to serve and to know His will uh, and to walk in Him. But knowing God's will is not always an easy thing to do. And, and getting unified, part of how we can do that is uh, it comes in many different forms and fashions. And the title of my, my sermon this morning is to hunger and thirst together. Right? To hunger and thirst together. Matthew 5 verse 6 you know, Jesus is beginning the Sermon on the Mount, which is often referred to as kind of the kingdom. It can be referred to as the kingdom manifesto. It's, it's kind of what does it look like to live as a disciple of Jesus in Jesus' kingdom? Right? We live in America. We know what it looks like to live in America, at least in Vermont we do. It looks like different things in different places sometimes. But, you know, to... Um, to live in God's kingdom, Jesus kind of lays out some of these aspects. But he, he lays out one of the characteristics of his people. And, and in this, in Matthew 5, verse 6, he said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. In this scripture, the concept of to hunger and thirst for righteousness. You, know, you, can, you can read this in the sense of one is to... To desire righteousness. Right? And now I think that's how it's talking about it. But then you can work for something. Right? Like if you work, you get a wage. So you work for a wage. Right? You know what I'm saying? So you work for that wage. But then you hunger. You can hunger and thirst for righteousness. See, I was realizing... um, You know, we, we talk a lot in church... At different times, we talk as a family, and we, we share about how we love to share meals together, right? And who doesn't like to eat together? Who doesn't like to eat? At least, if you like good food. Um, if you have good food, but we talk about how important it is to share a meal. 
How, what, how meaningful it is to sit and have time to break bread, to, to you know, grill some steaks, or to have some vegetarian stuff if you're a vegetarian. You know, if you, to uh, whatever that may look like, veggie burgers. But you, you have that. But just to sit and eat together is a great thing. Right? It's meaningful. It, it has meaning. And, and when we pray, we remember Christ, we take those times... And we gather around food, and we talk about how powerful that is. But it struck me, as I was thinking about being unified, and we try to have meals together, it struck me that there's been something lacking, I realized, in my own walk with God lately. For a couple years, I feel like I haven't been great at it. And one of the things that, when I was a young Christian, I realized did a lot to unify me with my brothers and sisters did a lot to encourage me in, in my walk with God. But I was lacking. And I realized what I was lacking is fasting. I hadn't really taken fasting seriously for years in my life. Right? And, and, and it had been years to, to think that, to see that. And so this concept of to hunger and thirst for righteousness, when I, when I talk about it, not just theirs, to desire for righteousness. But even this concept to hunger and thirst for it. To seek it. To, to, to lack food for the desire for God to help us understand His righteousness. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? You, you, because there is something purifying about fasting. And so I want to talk about it today. Because to me, I'm going, this is something I want to, I want to grow in again. I want to get back to doing often in my life. Because it's very powerful. It's very, very powerful. So we're going to talk a little bit about it. Turn over to Matthew 6 really quick. We don't have to go very far to talk, to see what Jesus says about fasting to his disciples. As I said, he said, this is just the kingdom manifesto. This is how disciples, he said, are going to live. It's just an aspect of it. And so this is what Jesus says, just starting in verse 16. He says, When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men that they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. You know, as I said, this this is the basic aspect of how Christians are going to live. And so what I love about this is Jesus rarely gives... There there aren't a ton of commands. You know, the old, Old Covenant, there's a ton of commands. You have these rigid laws... But Jesus, they were commanded to fast. They had specific days that they were required to go and fast. Where here, Jesus never commands a fast. But what's funny is it's it's easily, clearly implied. He says, when you fast. When you, my people, when you fast. It's not even the question of, hey, let me encourage you to fast. It's just, hey, when you do fast, because of course you're going to fast. I looked at this scripture and, and I, I realized he talks about, he uses the same phrase, when you, 
when he talks about prayer. And he uses the same phrase, win you, when he talks about supporting the needy. If those are two aspects we all, I think, are going to agree we should do as Christians. Amen? I mean, who's going to say, no, you shouldn't pray. You don't really need to pray. Be like, do you read the Bible? I mean, come on. Like, come on. That's like just a part of what it is to be a Christian is, is being close to God through prayer. But then you, you talk about giving to the needy. You look at Jesus' life. Jesus' example was just to give to the poor and the needy. To help those who are, are low and downtrodden. And so he says, when you in those. But here he says, when you fast. And we've got to consider, what did Jesus do with fasting? Well, we know we fasted for 40 days and 40 nights with no water and no food, which, that's miraculous right there. For no water and no food, that is a miracle uh, to have no water for 40 days. But the, the thing here we look at, it implies that we will fast. You know, and so for me, I, I, as, as, a, as an aspect of repentance, you know, I, I've taken time to fast because I've been thinking about this need for, for, to talk about fasting for probably several months now because I was having multiple conversations and realizing, wow, this is, this is something when I was asking about fasting and people were like, oh, I fasted a day. You know, the longest fast I've ever had is a day. And, and I asked, well, when's the last time you've had a, a, you fasted before? And some people are, it's been, been years and different times and I felt like, now, I want to explain this. This scripture is talking about when you fast, you don't want people to know you're fasting, right? And, and he's talking about you don't want your glory to come from other people seeing it. Do you guys get what I'm saying? So if I'm going to talk about my own fasting, I'm not standing up here to talk about, please think I'm spiritual. In fact, I'm saying I'm not, I haven't been very spiritual because I haven't done much fasting in the last several years. But I'm saying I'm, I'm striving to repent. And so I'm saying, let's, let's do this together because it's powerful. It's been meaningful to me, and I want to share some of that with you today. Uh, some of my past experiences, recent, and, and all of that. But when I look at this, and I thought about those conversations I've been having, I realized when I was a young Christian, I fasted all the time. Like, all the time. It was just what I did. In San Antonio, where I'm from, it was just part of the culture. You, you, they, if there was something you really needed to make a decision about, they're like, hey, you should take a couple days and fast about it. Hey, this, you've got this sin in your life that's, that's going on? Hey, you need to take a couple days and fast about it. This, it, it. There was even people who would fast when something good happened. They're like, I'm going to fast because I'm just so grateful. I mean, it was, just, it was part of the culture. And you actually look at early Christianity, the first couple hundred years, that was true then too. The culture of just fasting was there. And I realized that that's something I want to reignite in my own life. I want to reignite. And so I, I did. I took a couple days to, to fast. And it was great. It was great. I mean, yes, I was hungry. But I prayed so much. Right? I prayed. It, it, was, it just helped me to get so much deeper in prayer. And I remember thinking, like, what a struggle it was to find a time to fast because it always was an inconvenient time. It just was always an inconvenient time. Like, oh, I need to go and do this physical activity or that physical activity or I've got, I've got these people coming who I need to have lunch with. And I just found every other reason for myself, this is for me, not to fast. Do you guys get what I'm saying? 
And so it just became a convenient excuse to eventually it got to be the point of years that I haven't really, really done it. Uh, at least not nothing lengthy. And so for me, I, I, I'm going, I want to see this rekindled. Rekindled is the culture of our church. Because this was the culture of the early Christians. This is the culture of the disciples in the scriptures. This is the culture that Jesus even chose in his own life, right? And so I say, let's, let's make it the culture of ours. We're, 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 we want to be like Jesus, right? And we want to be the church of the first century who, who adopts that. We say that we're a restoration church trying to restore first century Christianity. And if this is part of first century Christianity, let's just do it. And, it, and so this is not a... By any means, this is not a, you know, finger-pointing, finger-waggling sort of thing. This is saying, I'm going, hey, I'm going to do this, guys. Come and join me. Like, let's do it together. I ended, I ended my fast. I'm excited to do the next one. I may take shorter ones before we do the Tough Mudder. I probably won't do another longer one because I need to work out. And I'm already concerned I'm going to get destroyed. Uh, but I'm excited to do it again. I'm in, I'm legitimately excited to spend the time doing it. And I'm excited to do it with others. And so let's, let's look at this. You know, let's consider what is fasting. And I know this is not a normal... I, I normally am I'm going through tons of scriptures. There's a lot I could do, and I had to try to condense it down in a way today where I wasn't going to spend an hour talking about fasting. But... In this scripture, you know, what is the, the root word of the word fast? What is fasting? Typically, well, biblically, the root word comes from just an abstinence from food. To abstain from food. Now, generally, it means to abstain from something in your life for the purpose of bringing in something better. Alright? Now, you can fast from many things. You can fast from TV. You can fast from the news. You can fast from social media. You can fast from chocolate. You can fast from sweets. If you're Andrew, you probably fast from ice cream, if you remember her. If you, you can fast from sugar. You can fast from dairy. You can fast from meat. You can fast however you want, really. It's abstaining from something for the purpose of obtaining something better. Right? Now... Some people, if, if the abstaining from food fast, there are certain people I want to put out there. If you have, um, you know, medical reasons why you may not be able to fast, talk to your own doctor, your medical professional, whatever. Uh, you know, I, I, I did ask Margaret. She said, you know, uh, people with diabetics and hypoglycemics, they may want to, uh, they need to either get advice or consider not doing it, right? But there are other people who can't. But if you're wondering, just ask. Just ask. If it's your conviction and you want to fast, go for it. If you want to fast from food. But everybody can fast from something. Right? Which is great. So nobody needs to feel excluded. But what we see in the Bible, typically, is we see no food fasts. We see people who fast from food. You, you would see fasts, like uh, an absolute fast, like Jesus did, where he fasted from food and water. But then you also see select fasts. Like in Daniel chapter 10. And most of us know the story of Daniel, but Daniel was, um, he was of the royal household of the Israelites, but he was taken into slavery. And so Daniel's in slavery, and, and what they do though is they, because he's royal, they're going to teach him. 
and they're going to train him up to be a scribe and a scholar and all of this. And so he's going to eat from the king's table. But he says, I will not eat that type of food. It's, it's, some of it was unclean food and different laws. And, and there's different reasons why people think he chose those things. But what Daniel ended up saying, he says, I'm not going to eat meat. I'm only going to eat vegetables. Don't bring me any like anything sweet. I'm not going to drink any alcohol. He, he limited his diet. And so what we see is it's a select fast, meaning you pick certain things that you're going to fast from. And so in this, you can fast however you desire, which is great. Amen? But it was the culture that we can develop that in our church to find things to fast from. You know, and so for us, I'd look at this and I'd go, it's a, this is a great way to participate as a living sacrifice. Right. This is an incredible way for us to be um, to hone our hearts and minds. You guys with me? I know this is a totally a different sort of sermon than I normally do recently. But but I look at this and I go, what's the goal? The goal is to get close to Jesus. The goal is to hunger and thirst for righteousness. Now, when I, I recently did this, I, I invited a brother to do it with me. You know, he took he took a day. And he and I, he took a day uh, of, of while I was doing it and doing it together, and then we went and broke our fast together. And that was awesome to be able to share that with another disciple, you know, to go to, to do it together. And, and what we can see, though, it, it helped my heart. And it, he asked me to pray for a couple of things, and, and he knew what I was asking and praying for, and so he was praying for me, and, and I was praying for him, and it was great. And he, gave, he got the answers that he wanted of what he was asking about. Sorry. He got the answers that he wanted from what he was asking about. Amen. 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 Like, that's awesome. Yeah. He petitioned God. He took an extra step to go and seek out and, and desire to hear God's voice and what he thought he should do. And he fasted about it, something he's been wrestling with for a while. And he got his answer. He said, God, if this is what's going to happen, let this happen. And that happened. Praise God. Right? Praise God when he answers prayers. And honestly, it's, it's kind of like, I've heard it described, fasting is like a microphone for your prayer life. You grab the mic and God just hears you better. This would be the point where I'd grab the mic and go, God just hears you better. You know, it's, it's that, that aspect where you fast and you're seeking to know God's will. And, and, and I'm not going to say God's always going to answer, but man, I really think it helps Him hear us. You know, if, when you can fast, turn over to, to Acts 13 really quickly. You know, situations where people fasted. We're not going to look at at all, but we're just going to look at just a couple. Acts 13, verse 2. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. You know, here, you you look at this scripture, what are they doing? They're, They're fasting in an effort to understand God's will. They're fasting. They're, they're looking for the answers of where they're going to go. They're fasting before they send somebody to go and do a work. And we look at fasting. Do we, 
we can fast, you know, and, and I'm going to say, I'm going to try and talk about this in the reference of, hey, let's do this, right? Like, let's do this more. Maybe some of us are, have quietly and privately been doing a great job of this. If you have, I want to lift you up to the Lord, you know, and say, amen. I'm so grateful for your heart to hold to the teachings. Help us. If you're one of those that's doing that, help us. Be, be a light. Not to say, oh, I'm, I'm spiritual, I'm doing this, but help us be spiritual, right? If that's maybe what you, you're one of the ones that's been doing it. Or, or not to say we're unspiritual, but you guys get what I mean. So, but in this, they're, they're fasting to know God's will. You know, they're, they're fasting to know Him, to know what He wants. And so I think, let's, let's be sure we're doing that too. You know, turn over to, to Esther. Guys, Esther. Come on, Esther. It's in there. Right? The ladies don't get enough attention. That's what it is. It's after Nehemiah, guys. But Esther 4, verse 16. Uh, I'm going to start in verse 5. So then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my maids will fast also, fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and carried out all of Esther's instructions. You know, what's happening? Esther, she's, she's been made the queen, but at this point, there's, there's a plot to kill all the Israelites. And Mordecai goes to Esther and she says, Esther, you need to go to the king and ask him to, to, to change this edict, to change this order. And she goes, I can't go to the king. If, if you go to the king and you're not called... They, he'll kill you. Like that, that was the law of the land. Like you only came into the king's presence when you were asked into the king's presence. And so what she said is, I will do it, but I need everybody to fast and pray for me. Now here's what's interesting. We, I, I can often think fasting needs to be a solely individual thing. But what we see here is corporate fasting. We see the entire community fasting together. For a common purpose. A unified purpose to plead to the Lord for a need of the community, right? And so I look at this and go, hey, we can do this too. And it's encouraging. Now, what does that mean? Well, to abide by the scripture in Matthew, it means we need to not go around being mopey with each other, but being joyous and and not letting ourselves look drawn and haggard, but to encourage each other in that time. You know that brother and I fasted together? We were encouraging each other. When we were around food together, we were like, Amen. Amen. Pray to the Lord. You know, you pray to the Lord. And, and you'd spend the time praying about the things that, that you're asking for when you're, you're desirous of the food because you're hunger and thirsting for righteousness. Does that make sense? And it was cool to be together and doing it. What are we going to do, church? I mean, we should, we should seriously, seriously have some talks about this. What do we want to hunger and fast for together as a church? Right? What do we want to do? They did it here. 
We can do it too. The early Christians did it as well. We can do it also. What do we want to hunger and fast for? And fasting is so... It's, it's actually very good for us, just physically. Uh, fasting is actually really good for you. But turn over to Acts 14. Acts 14. You know, God did answer Esther's prayer in an incredible way. But it's... It was cool to see... Not just cool, it was incredible. You read through how God works. She ended up going before the king, and the king listened to her. Not just didn't kill her, he listened to her. But that unity, I'm I'm amazed by the unity of the community. I think we can be unified in this as well. But in Acts, Acts 14, verse 23... It says, Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church with prayer and fasting, committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. You know, they took the time for prayer and fasting before the appointment of elders, but they took the time of prayer and fasting before big decisions. You know, do we put big decisions? Let's put big decisions before the Lord. We already know we should put them before the Lord in prayer. Let's put them before the Lord with prayer and fasting. And let's not even hesitate to go, hey, this is really big for me. Esther went and asked. She said, ask them to fast for me. Let's, uh, can we ask? Can we, let's, I mean, we have great relationships. That's what I'm saying in this church. We have great relationships. What if we start asking each other, hey, I'm going to fast for this. Can you, can you just fast for a day for me to have an answer on this? Right? Now that's sacrifice right there. Because you're asking me not to eat. You're asking me not to have a, a, a day without food. Or maybe a couple days, you know, if, if that's my, my choice. But to go, hey, can you fast with me? Now that's a vulnerable thing to ask. But how amazing is it to ask that? How amazing is it when we go, you know what? Yes, I'll fast for you. Now maybe you can't fast from food. But maybe you go, I, I, I have this ritual maybe that I do. I will, I'll fast for this for a longer period of time. You know, maybe I'll spend a week and I won't, I won't read the news. You know, for some of us, I won't get on Facebook. I won't, you know, I'm not going to listen to music. Every time that I want to get into something else, I'm going to go to prayer. And I'll pray for you, right? So I'll still have my meals and I'll still have that, but... I'm going to be devoted in, in knowing. I'm going to train my mind to do this. You guys get what I'm saying? How powerful is that? How cool would that be? To share that together. I would be so encouraged by you. And I know you would be encouraged by me. And we will be encouraged by one another when we're doing it. It's going to be awesome when we develop this as the culture of our church. It's going to be amazing. I'm excited to do it together. Fasting for major decisions and doing it together. You know, fasting helps us clear our minds. It really does. You go, oh, well, I, when I fast, I, I feel like I'm all loopy and I'm crazy. You know what? I'll be honest. The first day I did, did mine, I, I'm going to share, I, I legitimately felt drunk. I'm, I'm in no way exaggerating. I felt drunk. I felt and, and I didn't, I, I, Kristen knew it because, you know, I, I was making sure that I, I didn't want, 
you know, we were, I'll just share. We were hiking and I needed to carry James and I just couldn't safely carry James. And so I didn't carry him because I just wasn't confident. But I didn't want anybody else to know. And so I made a point to go and still go and do what the physical stuff and the activity. But I felt like everything was like spinning, like going like this around me. You know what? Day two and day three. Now, that's not normal. Uh, When I fasted before, I've never felt that way. Day two and day three came. I was fine. I was fine. I was hungry, but I was fine. It was great. You know, but honestly, I had a clear mind. I had a lot of great discussions in that time period. I had some some great challenging conversations that I needed to think deeply about. And I felt like God gave me clarity of mind in those conversations. And you think, oh, I won't be of clear mind. How do you feel after you eat a big meal? Do you feel clear minded? I want to take a nap. You know, like I want to nap. And, and so I, I think about that. What, what's the difference? Why? Because honestly, because the, the food draws our energy away to process that food in our bodies. But when you're fasting, you have so your body's not processing that. It's not processing all of that. And you actually have a lot of stored up energy in your body, in your cells. Drink enough water, you'll find that you have a lot of reserved energy. But a big problem is water intake. But with it, I just say this. What's it going to be like for us as we fast? You know, we can talk through the practical aspect of fasting. Um, I, I will look at one other scripture and go back to it. Go back to Matthew 6 really quickly. Just I want to talk about it briefly. You know, when we fast, I'm going to wrap it up here quick. But when we fast, like I said... The scripture here, Jesus' purpose in this, he says, doing it in secret. When you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Does this mean your fasting should only be done in secret? Well, no, because we know that Christians fasted together. So it wasn't entirely in secret. But the idea really is what you feel, that should be internal and something you share with the Lord. Does that make sense? When you're hungering for, for food, hunger for righteousness. Do you see what I mean? You're hungering and you're going to the Lord. The Lord will see that. The Lord sees that and you will be rewarded. Now, if you're going, oh, I'm so hungry. And everybody around you knows it. I'm fasting. It's so hard. I mean, you're probably going to get people like looking at you going, all right, that, I don't really feel bad for you. Why are you telling me that? Um, or if people don't know the, the scriptures about it, they're, they're going to go, Wow, why are you fasting? Oh, I'm fasting for an answer to this. If you're complaining about it, I wouldn't expect much of a reward from the Lord. I wouldn't expect it because you're getting your reward from men. And that's what Jesus is talking about. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be somebody who stands out there on the street corner. Take your take that battle to the Lord. Does that make sense? And let's do it there. Now, that doesn't mean don't take your battle to prayer with other brothers. And saying, or other sisters, and saying, hey, can you pray with me right now? I, I, I want to be resolved in this. And getting further strength and support, and even pulling other people into prayer. How bad is it going to be if you're pulling other people into prayer, right? 
Right? And so just let's let's do that. But I, but I look at this, and so keep in mind that we can fast in a lot of different ways. You can fast for a day. You can fast for three days. The longest fast I've ever done was two days, and I did a liquid fast. Now, a liquid fast doesn't mean I was like blending steak in the blender so I could drink it. You know, it was it was just juice, you know, and like apple juice, grape juice, and, and things like that. And so. You can feel free to let's get advice. If you haven't fasted in a long time and you want to get some advice, let's talk. Let's talk about fasting. Let it be an open dialogue among us. Let's 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 talk about what it is to do this again, to make it a, a real culture in our church to fast, where we know that when we hunger and thirst, God's going to hear us. God's going to be answering our prayers. He's going to we're going to prick the ears of God to pay attention. Because we're going to be going to Him. We're going to hunger and thirst for this righteousness. I want to end this last scripture. Turn over to Isaiah 58. I want to end with this. God is speaking to Isaiah. He's talking about true fasting. And the rewards of fasting. Because He says we will be rewarded. Isaiah 58 and 57. Verse 6. It says, Is this not the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the, of the yoke. To set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked to clothe them and to not turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. That's so encouraging. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and He will say, Here I am. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness, and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. You know, this fasting produces abundant rewards. Jesus said, guys, I want to be clear. Jesus said, you will be rewarded for fasting. Those were his words. Look back at Matthew 6 later. You will be rewarded. Let's fast together. Let's be a church where this is our culture, where we hunger and we thirst for righteousness. We will be filled. We will hunger and thirst together. Let's be unified as we go and transform our hearts and minds to be like Christ. Let's be unified 
as we eagerly hunger and thirst for righteousness. Amen. Amen.